words to it. Praise God. Sister Eller found it this week, right where we thought it was all the time. Praise God. So you worship while I try to sing tonight, okay? Praise God. When I need hope and inspiration, you're always strong. When I'm tired and weak, and I could search this whole world over, still you would be everything that I need. Lord, you're my bread. When I'm hungry, you're my shelter from troubled wind. You're my anchor in life's ocean but most of all you're my best friend you took this clay and you made a vessel filled it up with your love and Placed it in your house of mercy. You proved to me you could be my best friend. Lord, you're my bread when I'm hungry. You're my shelter from a troubled wind. You're my anchor in life's ocean. But most of all, you're my best friend. Lord, you're my prayer. I'm hungry. You're my shelter from a troubled wind. You're my anchor in life's ocean. But most of all, you're my best friend. Took this clay and you made a vessel. You filled it up with your love and grace. You placed it in this house of mercy. You proved to me you could be my best friend. Sing with me. You're my bread when I'm hungry. You're my shelter. 
troubles with You're my anchor In life's solution But most of all You're my best friend Let us turn tonight to the book of Luke the 17th chapter and uh, going to read tonight we have just closed out a three week revival and uh, sometimes revivals are uh, a lot of breaking hard ground sowing seed some reaping and uh, I think in this revival we did a lot of it and also, uh, sometimes in a revival, the Lord is letting us know who's his and who's not his. Amen. And how many of you want to be found in that number? Praise God. Hallelujah. Brother Brian, I'm so glad to see you. I was looking for you, but you wasn't on the front row. And I couldn't find you. You better get up here, son, where you belong at, so I won't be accusing you of missing church. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't want you backsliding. Uh, and when you go from the front row to the back row, all of a sudden something's wrong. Amen. Praise God. Now, that's my buddy, and I can pick on him, and none of the rest of you better do it. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Luke, the 17th chapter, verses 28 through 30. I hope you brought some pencils and paper along with your Bibles. Because I know some of you, it's getting my age, your mind's just about as long as mine is. And uh, if I don't write things down, I can't remember what I'm supposed to. And sometimes I can't even find the paper after I write it down. Praise God. So you better get this where you young people don't know what I'm talking about. You better not know already. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. But you better get this in you. Praise God. Sometimes we look around and we say, well, why did so-and-so quit come to church? And probably the best thing is that we don't even know why. And don't try to find out why. Because it might affect you. How many of you don't want it to affect you? One time a man in the church in Terre Haute where I grew up asked God one time, why did so-and-so backslide? And God said, would you like for me to put it on you to find out why? Well, he was wise enough. He told God he didn't want that. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. We don't need to try another man's burdens and life we just need to walk with God Amen. brother Rachel I believe you preached one night during the revival about just walking with God you know some folks 
they're going to run. They're going to pass up the turtle. Brother Massey, he told me a few days ago, he said, you know, Brother Elder, he said, I used to do a lot of things in my zeal. He said, I've been watching you and Brother Westberg and some of the others. He said, I've learned that you just don't do it in your zeal. Praise God. Amen. That, that hair was pretty fast. But he got to thinking that he was so fast, nothing could help him or catch up with him. So he laid down and took a nap. And there's a lot of folks right here at the closing door about ready to take a nap. And while he was taking a nap, he lost the race. Amen. Oh, Zion, wake up. Oh, Zion, wake up. Be alert. Watch out. Watch out. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're right on the end of it. We're fixing to get out of here. There's signs. There's an old song we used to sing. Signs of the times are everywhere. I mean, you don't have to look for them if you know this Bible. They're just flashing in front of you like ambulances parked all around you, like highway patrol cars parked all the way around you. The lights are flashing at you. Amen. I don't remember where I was. Oh, I know brother and sister Rachel and the wife and I and the two girls. We went out to get a hot fudge Sunday one night last week. We pulled out on Main Street, and that's when one of those big buildings downtown had caught on fire. And I said, well, looky there. There's something exciting going on in our little town. I mean, lights was flashing everywhere. We went down there, and the feed mill was on fire. Amen. We didn't have to ask anybody if something important was going on. You could tell because when you see about 10 or 12 of those lights going around and around all at the same time, you know more than somebody got a ticket. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to tell you, you ought to know more than just some little things are happening anymore. Them lights are flashing everywhere. To them that are alert, to them that are awake in Zion, to them that are sensitive, to them that are watching, to them that are looking for his appearing, to them that love his appearing. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You better watch out. This last moment, there's a lot of folks fixing to lay down everything they've stood for for years. In Luke, the 17th chapter, reading verses 28 through 30. <clears throat> Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. 
Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Praise God. Let us pray and ask the Lord to minister to us tonight. Praise God. You may be seated. Now when we begin to look at Sodom, all too often today we think of the sin of sodomy. And that's what we get to thinking that that's why God came and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And that is true. But the sin of sodomy was only the end results of a people who felt like it was time to do nothing but play anymore. It would be interesting tonight to know what the heartbeat of this people of this world is and why they want peace. Why they don't want to war no more. If you would take a good look at this world, they think they can all save themselves. And they also believe that they can, by their own educated way, make this a wonderful world to live in. If they could have their way, this ugly, filthy, immoral place would become heaven and they would never worry about a heaven that the Lord has prepared for his bride. Amen. Amen. They want this to be the utopia that man should look for. They want this to be the wonderful place and it is unimaginable tonight of their inability to face up what they have created. Brother Rachel, I'm not near as old, but I'm over half as old as you are. And I can remember when all of us as sinners got together in a family reunion at least all of the grandchildren belonged to somebody that was married. And not only did they belong to somebody that was married, but most generally belonged to somebody that had been married once. Amen. 
Now you get into a family reunion and I'm not trying to overhaul somebody or put somebody down in here tonight. I'm trying, if you've been in here and God picked you out of this stuff and washed you up and cleaned you up and made you his, you need to praise God for it. And I'm trying to show you the condition education has done for this world tonight. You see, we get together anymore in a family reunion and I'm no better than you are and you're no better than I am. And when they get there, this is my grandchild by this father and this is my grandchild by that father and and this is your grandchild of this father and that father. Man said something to me tonight. You know, the Bible said that uh, if a man thinks more of himself than he ought to, he's worse than ignorant. God said, I'm, I'll make him a base. I'll make him something shameful. I had a man in this church, it's about the same age as I was, and uh, he tried to tell me that uh, uh, he, he was as sexful as he was when he was 16. Now I'm gonna tell you that's a pitiful thing, a man that's got a sex drive when he's 46 like he is when he's uh, 16. We're all adults in here tonight. We just might as well get plain about things. And since that time, he's had four or five wives. Since he told me that. I told another preacher, I said, you know what that tells me? He said, what's that? I said, that tells me that he's not man enough to face up to what he really is. He's totally incapable of trying to be something he's not. <laughs> That's the world we're living in tonight. So my, we why do we talk like this for? We got the Holy Ghost. We got we got uh, we've been baptized in Jesus' name. We uh, that's all right. After you get all that, you got to walk with God. I found out when I got the Holy Ghost, I didn't go to heaven. I was still here on earth among men. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something tonight. We're living in Sodom and Gomorrah. I said we are living in Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't believe it's any different here than it was there. Well, we've got to the place where incest is all right. And they commit incest in the high offices of the city as well as they do uh, in the unlearned. And they're the ones that's the professionals. You know why? The same devils attack them and uh, get a hold of the unlearned. 
And I don't care what you say, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you'll fall into the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the love of the world. The only thing keeping us saved is his spirit. The only thing keeping us out of all that trash is the Holy Ghost because we've been sealed with the redemption. We've been sealed with the promise. How many of you glad that seal's on you tonight? Hey, don't never let that seal get taken away from you. Love that seal. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I'll say some things tonight. <clears throat> My son come in. He said, you know, Dad, I got to looking at some of this stuff. And he said, this stuff's discouraging. How many of you ever found out it's discouraging? Amen. Praise God. You know what's encouraging? Fasting and praying. Reading the word, seeking the face of God, praying for the lost. One of the newest youngsters in here asked me today how to witness. That's wonderful. And that's beautiful. Every one of us ought to know and want to know how to witness because that's what God saved us for. Amen. And if you really live for God, you're going to be a witness. You can't help but be a witness because the life you're living witnesses. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now, when we begin to read here, turn to Matthew 24 and 32 tonight. And see here, he said, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the door. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Praise God. What is he saying here is that when you see the, the fig tree putting forth its leaves, the fig tree tonight happens to be the nation of Israel. And I don't mind telling you that Israel is getting a generation old. Israel became a nation in 1948 and you add 40 years to that and you come up with the year of 1988 and Jesus said this generation shall not pass away until you see the coming of the son of man I didn't say that get mad at me get skeptical about it do whatever you want to I have nothing to do with it the Bible I read tonight is a red letter edition and it came right out of that Bible Amen you better learn not to be skeptical of the Bible but to believe the word of God when it's read to you Amen and he said, Jesus said, this generation will not pass away. Amen. 
Now, we can, we can turn around and, and we can look at the situation we're living in and, and we can do like a turtle I seen today. You know, the strangest thing is is to see something or, or somebody uh, just withdraw in themselves and say, I'll save myself that way. I was going down the road today at about 55, 60 mile an hour and I seen this turtle, he was strutting down the road and uh, I didn't want to hurt him so I, I got the wheels centered up on him so that I'd roll over him and not hurt him. And I noticed just before I got there he sucked his feet in and his head in and he pulled it all in and he told himself he's safe now. <laughs> I looked at Brother Rasha, I said, you suppose he's safe? I told him also something else, didn't I, Brother Rush? I said, if he don't get off that road, he's going to find out how safe he is. There's a lot of folks that's sucking everything into their little cells thinking they're going to hang on till Jesus comes. I never did read in the Bible where it said, Hold the fort for I am coming. That was a song some yellow belly wrote. Somebody said, Well, Brother Elder, somebody's got to hold the fort. Well, praise God. I didn't even know we had a fort. Hello. All I knew it was the church of the living God. And I didn't know that God made the church so weak. We had to gather together and hang on and close up in this dangerous hour to make it through. Boy, it's quiet in here tonight. I can see right now, I might as well go home. Hallelujah. I believe if there's anything going on right now, it ought to be charged. You know, I'm going to tell you something tonight. If something comes up against you, the Holy Ghost ought to go off inside of you. You start gritting your teeth and you say, 
I'm going to bust you wide open if I have to pray and fast till Jesus comes. Now there's a lot of reasons. We got signs all around us tonight that uh, the fig tree is putting forth her leaves. If you notice the Arabs mess with us more than they do with Israel. They don't mess with her too much. They don't have to they don't have to go down there and say to Tip O'Neill now, Tip, we're thinking maybe we might go in there and bomb him. What do you think of that? You might ought to get all hundred and 84 of your boys together and see if you agree with us. And Mr. Dole, uh, we thought we ought to notify you. We know we know your bunch stands with us a little better than Tips, boys, but we'd still like to know what you think about it. I guarantee you one thing, they don't ask Tip or Dole anything. I remember one time when Golda Meyer stood right up in Bresnev's face, and she's a woman, and shook her face and said, we'll take you on too if we have to. And since then, they done proved to them they'll take them on. We went in there with a little old bomb and exorbition and and I don't know, maybe we hit a few of their planes and hurt them a little bit and kind of and kind of broke up their pride a little bit. But when Israel, I've got the pictures right there in my office. I'll prove to you what I'm talking about. When Israel went in there to Egypt, she in one hour totally destroyed the Egyptians' air force totally destroyed the Egyptians Air Force they didn't have a plane to get off the ground they don't cut no slack when Assyria was coming up before they got them almost airborne they was coming off of the runway in Assyria she knocked 21 of the latest MIGs that Russia, MIG 26s, that's the best they got. They knocked 21 of them out of the air just as they come off the runway in Assyria. They didn't get nowhere. Now somebody said, that's just fabulous. That's, I was just reading the verse well ago. Used to be Israel was nothing but a bunch of yellow belly cowards about like the Arabs. You know you know why Qaddafi's not saying anything? I read the paper this week. When when a whole bunch of his generals and officers heard that our bombers were coming instead of standing ready to fight, they took off and headed over the boondocks. And he's trying to find out why they run instead of fought. Amen. Praise God. 
you know, God puts it in some of those folks. You think God don't help Israel? I got a book right in there you can read it. So I keep this stuff in my office, hallelujah. And the Israelis captured 200 Egyptian tanks fully loaded with groceries and with ammunition. And you know why they did? I got it right there in my office. You can read it for yourself. They was four personnel carriers. Now, Brother Kirker, you've been in there. You know what that is. I used to drive a personnel carrier, and it's sure not anything to attack a tank with. Got one fifty caliber gun on it, Brother Mango. I used to run the 50 caliber gun and I dreaded every moment of it because I knew who they was going to get first. Amen. And they had four personnel carriers attacking 200 Egyptian tanks. First of all, them guys was crazy. But God said about those boys in Israel, I'm preaching to you a last day sign. God said about those boys in Israel, he would make them young lions. They're not afraid of nothing. And they're ready to die for what they believe in. That's something you can't find anymore. You can't find anybody that believes enough in anything to die for. And here they come with four, four personnel carriers. Now I will tell you one thing about personnel carriers. Them tracks really do a lot of clanging. You can hear a personnel carrier coming, brother, in, in out in the open, brother, uh, character you can hear a personnel carrier coming three or four miles away them ones I drove they had they had two six cylinder Jimmy engines in them that were synchronized together and you kept them wrapped up at 4500 RPMs you could just hear them babies screaming across the plains I could tell by listening to them whether they're running right or whether they're not synchronized together. And, he, and four of them attacked in 200 Egyptian tanks fully loaded with ammunition and groceries. Now, I like that grocery part. Hallelujah. Praise God. When you're out there fighting, them groceries is good, Brother Kirker. Hallelujah. I'm tell you what God did. He just picked up them four little old things and amplified them. And you know what he did? He made it sound like hundreds of them. They captured a general. Them boys crawled out of their tanks and sneaked away 
in the darkness of the night and the Israelis captured a general and they said why did you leave your tanks full of ammunition and groceries and they told the officers of the Israelis because we heard hundreds of you circling around us and we knew you had us and we was just trying to quietly get away tell me God don't fight for his people for personnel carriers that was crazy enough and dared enough just to go out there to see what Jehovah would do. I wonder what would happen if we had some folks in the church that would just be crazy enough to go out in the battle to see what Jehovah would do. See if he couldn't magnify this thing and help them out. Now we can look at the situation we're living in. The Bible said in the last days there are going to be wars and rumors of wars. Have you heard anything about that? While you look at the folks around, everybody in the United States, I'm telling you what, Brother, brother uh, Heard must have preached everywhere in the United States, even all over Kansas, because everybody I meet anymore just knows we're going to get blowed up. Ain't no hope for us. And now the worst thing you ever heard of has happened. An atomic plant in Russia has started burning up and atomic clouds covering the earth. Tomorrow morning, we'll all fall over dead. The eyeballs will roll out of our head. Skin will fall off of our bones. You know, it couldn't be the glory of God did that. It'd have to be something man-made because God is so weak, how could we depend on him? And I mean, after all, God don't owe us any judgment anyhow. I mean, after all of this Sodom and Gomorrah, he don't owe us nothing. I won't tell you what, if he don't come and make us pay for our sins, he's going to have to raise Sodom and Gomorrah up and repent to them. Now, when we look at all of this stuff, wars and rumors of wars, and daughters against mothers, and sons against father. Let me tell you young people, any time that you turn your mother in or your father into the SRS, you're fulfilling the last day of time when it, the Bible said you'll be against your father and against your mother and turn them in over to the authorities to destroy them. You're what the Bible prophesied about. You girls better listen to me or I'll call your name out in front of everybody.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What I'm saying is more important than what you're saying. Praise God. The last days is going to be children against their parents. Amen. Famines. Man, did have you ever studied famine? Africa is called the rainforest, and they'd be so proud over there to get some rain, they wouldn't know what to do with it. Almost 12 years the rainforest hasn't rained. Ethiopians are dying like flies because they have turned to false gods. And any time a nation turns to false gods like that, God said, I'll put them. He said, just, just read the book of Joel, the second chapter sometime, and see how God will put his foot on a nation. He said, Israel, you don't obey me. I'll take away the reins. I'll send in the grasshoppers. Your groceries just won't amount to nothing. Your grocery bills will go sky high. Did you ever see such a like in all your life? The oranges down in Florida freezing to death last winter while while we don't even have to shovel snow in January. Everybody in January in Kansas just enjoying the hot sunshine every day. And the oranges down there in, in Florida is a freezing. The Bible said in the last days that the earth would stagger like a drunken woman. Out of her seasons, out of her or, uh, 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 orbit, you get to looking at all this stuff. It gets scary. You like the turtle in the road. You say, "Well, I'm going to make it because I'm just going to suck in everything and hide till he comes." You know, God wasn't too pleased with Gideon doing that. He said, get out there. I want somebody to know I'm God. I want to show you that I can win a battle and I don't need 36,000 of you to do it. I just take 300 of you. Come on. Come on. You know, in the book of Revelations, the Lord was uh, looking at him and he began to say, tell him about the Laodicean church. The 14th verse of the third chapter of Revelation unto the angel of the church of Laodicea write these things saying amen the faithful the true witness the beginning of the creation of God I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot and I would that thou were cold or hot so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot I will spew thee out of my mouth because thou sayest I'm rich 
and I don't believe we have to have a lot of groceries sometimes in the house we just be spiritually fed rich don't have to worry about nothing brother elder will take care of it all he he's a good pastor and just let him handle it now there's pastoral things I want you to let me handle but I want to tell you one thing you got a job to do too hello and we can't be like Lot do you know what Lot did let me show you the attitude Lot had when Abraham come to Lot you know God gets to blessing us somebody's going to have a fit and it normally won't be somebody else outside of the blessing it'll be one of the two in the blessing I'm talking about materially it's uh, not good for us to get in business together I'm learning that and I don't think there's anything wrong with brother Mango he had his way of doing things and I had my way of doing things and we just found out it was hard for us both to do things our way and stay together. We didn't have no falling out, did we, Brother Mango? Praise God. Amen. You're going to find out. But you see... <clears throat> God was blessing old Lot and God was blessing Abraham well I know you should looking at me that's what the Bible said and they got to be in some pretty good substance and it won't make no difference I don't think Lot and Abraham was fast fussing about the blessing but it was all the boys they'd hired fussing about it. Now them sheep are mine and them camels mine and all them's Brother Abraham's and you know I really don't know how you'd take care of a mess like that out there. In the, but you see Abraham said now <clears throat> let's separate because there's no sense of us having any contention over this stuff God's blessing both of us come on now a lot you just take your choice and uh, whatever way you go I'll go the opposite way you know Lot didn't say a thing about well now Abraham I think maybe we better pray and find the mind of God and see what God would have us do which way we ought to go and what we ought to do he was just glad to have first choice
Come on now. I want you to listen to me close now. So he had to have first choice. And he was self-assertive. I appreciate you piano players in here that's uh, letting me try to work it out with you when it's your turn to get on the piano. Hey, some of you just pushing me to who would know it, you know, self-asserting. I think I ought to be on there. I've got more seniority than anybody. Hello. It ain't just the piano. I have found out there's a lot of folks that want to get on this platform. But the same folks don't want to go to the prayer room. They want to assert themselves where they can be seen. But they don't want to assert themselves in the prayer rooms. My God, it's quiet. Maybe I ought to stop and let Brother Rachel take over here. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. What are you preaching on, Brother Elder? I'm preaching on the attitude of Lot. Jesus said as it was in the days of Lot. How was it in the days of Lot? They're eating, drinking, building, buying and selling. Come on, let's have revival. You can't have no revival. We, we just, well, Brother Elder, we'll come to church what we can. We're just so busy buying and selling and eating and drinking, whining and dining. And you get up and preach that the Lord's going to come and you better somehow or another make it through this hour and you see heads and feet getting sucked in everywhere thinking they're safe in the middle of the road. Woo I bet you wish the evangelist was preaching again. Come on. I don't believe we better get our eyes off of the well watered plains of Sodom and Gomorrah. Some of us are more concerned about $16 and a half an hour than we are what God thinks of us. 
And Brother Rachel, did you ever live to see such a day that the saints in the church run to and fro for the buck? A few years ago, yeah, that's a fact, son. I'm glad you said that. A few years ago, man, things were bad up in here. Now they're worse. And they was going in Texas. All you heard around here for a while was go to Houston. Houston was the promised land. If you ever got to Houston, you'd be in heaven. Automatically thirteen, fifteen, sixteen dollars an hour. Praise God. Go to Atlanta. Go to Tulsa. Did you ever hear that, Tom? Go to Tulsa. Man, go to Tulsa. If you go to Tulsa, boy, you're gonna make it. We had them leave here for Oklahoma City. No, they wasn't disappointed. They land good jobs down there. And now oil has gone from $27 a barrel to $8 a barrel. Brother Rachel just told me if I'm saying it wrong, Brother Rachel, you straighten me out in front of everybody. What was it, a three-bedroom house? two-car garage, two bathrooms, probably got golden stairways. I don't know. He just bought all of that down by Houston for $25,000. That house would go for 100000 up here. How do you know, Brother Ella? Because I just went out here way out of town and looked at one, and I said, I'd like to buy that. How much you want for it? Old boy said $175,000. I said, my goodness, closest I could come to that be whitewash your shoes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. $100,000 scare me to death. I mean, before I bought that little hut I'm living in, guy tried to get me to buy one for 38000 I said, good grief. I, I should have bought it then. I didn't know it, but amen. I thought that was stretching too much. Praise God. You know what? Oh, you know, we, we, we'll see if I'm a false prophet, okay? We'll probably be getting some new saints for long. Some wonderful spiritual people be coming here because the promised land caved in on them. And they'll be trucking up here and be glad to get $7 an hour. 
My son's been telling me since he's been home, Brother Rachel. Now, Dad, you tell me what you want because I'll get it for you for a song because the roof's caved in down there. The Bible said in the last days they run to and fro. To and fro. They just run to and fro. Run to and fro. They seek in the well-watered plains of Jordan. They, they don't have God and holiness. They don't have spirituality. They don't have spiritual insight. They just running for the buck and running to impress each other and running to, to for the day of retirement. I'm going to tell you, I don't believe I'll ever get to the day of retirement. Uh, if I could, I'd stop my Social Security right now because I'm never going to get a dime's worth of all that money they're stealing from me. Well, you better hope you got it. I want to tell you there's a lot better ways than that stuff. If I didn't have to give them $2,000 a year for Social Security, I could buy me a nice insurance policy to take care of me real good. Amen. I make 16 times more money. Now they're trying to raise it up to 70 years of age when you go drawn off of, don't you know you really draw a bunch in two or three or five years? Wreck poor old Uncle Sam. Come on. I'm going to tell you, if you think heaven's down here, you, you just, something happened to you when you got the Holy Ghost. Come on now. You got your tent pitched towards Sodom. You got your house sitting there looking. When, when he pitched his tent, his house, when he come out of his house of a morning, he did not see the glory of God, but he seen Sodom hustling and a bustling to get everything they could while they's in this land. When he come out of his house at night, he did not see Zion. But he seen the flashing lights of sin calling to the soul to come down here and let your fleshly lust turn loose. You say, why are you preaching like this, brother pastor? Because you're living in this. Oh, I've got the Holy Ghost. I've got the Holy Ghost too. And I see them lights. And I hear them calls. But thank God for prayer meeting. Thank God for the word of God. Thank God for Bible study. Thank God for revival. Thank God for the church of the living God. You can't see that stuff every day and be ready for the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't worry, I'll be done in another hour. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. His trust was in his earthly possessions. 
I've got this and I've got that look at my houses look at my lands look at my cars look look at my daughters you know to live where he lived at he had two daughters that was pretty respectful he's about to make them disgraceful but they were pretty respectful amen amen he but he never had the slightest idea that there were some angels on the way that his house he was going to lose just in a few moments that his furniture was going to be gone he looked like the little boy that was running away from home he run with a stick over his shoulder and a little bag of clothes he could get in just what handful of moments he had to grab stuff and run hello I'm leaving in a moment God don't give you long to make up your mind when he's ready to move. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. He didn't know it was going like that. And I'm going to tell you something. You better raise your house up spiritual. Because he didn't know that he's going to lose a wife that day either. Amen. Oh, I hate to lose you, woman. God, the worst thing I could think of would be trying to train another one. And I tell you, this woman and I, we kind of love each other. Why I'm so proud of you folks for what you did to her on her birthday. And then I walked in there the last night. She's grinning from ear to ear. She looked like she'd been eating possum. She walked over to one of those lamps and she said, Look at this. And touched that thing. And it came on. <laughs> Just touched it and it came on. Little old dim light. She touched it again, it got brighter. I looked at her, my eyes bigger than my glasses. <laughs> She touched it again and it got real bright. I said, look, woman, I preach against witchcraft now. Man, just touch them things and they come on. Touch them and they go off. Never seen nothing like that before. Amen. Whew. Tell me you can't fall in love with stuff in this world. Make you sit up all night long, even when you're tired, and just touch that lamp. Figure out what's going on. Hallelujah. 
Well, I woke up this morning, I looked at that lamp, I said, I gotta see it again. <laughs> Praise God. He ain't never seen nothing like this. Hallelujah. I won't lose her. She's exciting to live with. Never a dull moment. I mean, I come in tired. She's straightening me out. I come in happy. She's unhappy. I come in sad and she's happy. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ain't no way I want to lose her. Praise God. You better live right. You lose one in a moment. Mm, hallelujah. And I'll tell you one thing. The worst thing I could think of is trying to try out a new woman. Brother Rachel, it'd be horrible. You got it made, though. Sister Rachel said she's going to outlive you so you won't make no fool out of yourself. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Praise God. Mm. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to look at the results of city dwelling. You know what it did to Sodom? Made him lazy. Made him unmerciful. Made him selfish. Made him proud. Arrogant. You know what? We don't believe this stuff's in us. We're holy. <laughs> Brother Westberg preached last night. We're holy. Praise God. I'm holy. Holy, holy. Ain't nothing bad in me. I'm holy. God didn't know it, but when he got a hold of me, he got something holy. <laughs> How's come you don't pray? Because I'm holy. <laughs> you don't fast oh I'm holy I don't need to fast some of you shaking your heads out there like you don't agree with me oh I'm holy 
How come you don't study that Bible? Oh, I'm just holy, I'm holy, I'm holy. I'm just sitting here with my feet and head sucked in, staying holy. I know you want me to quit. I'm trying to. I'm liable to get myself here any moment. Preachers clobber themselves when they preach to you. So, well, Brother Elder, I've seen you do some of this stuff. I'm sure you have. That'd be a wonderful reason for you not to do nothing. He that measure himself by another is wise. The reason why I do this stuff is because I don't want to be like Brother Westberg. I seen him do something wrong one time. I tell you one thing, I don't know anybody you could follow very long, but what you couldn't find fault with something they did. Amen. Amen. Sometimes I run those intersections on a caution light. According to where I'm going at and what's happening. I got plenty of time. I even stop at red lights. Ask Brother Rachel. I stop at green lights and go on red lights sometimes. <laughs> Brother Elder, what color you want? So I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out myself. I'm sure if you run around with me enough, you'll find out I did something wrong. That'd be a good reason for you to start doing things now wrong. Hello. How many of you want to go to heaven? It made him unmerciful. It made him proud. It made him disrespectful. Mm. It made him downright immoral. He said, I'll give you my two virtuous daughters. My God, it's quiet in here tonight. How many of you want to live the word and pray and fast and seek God? You know what happened? Instead of righteous lot affecting Sodom, Sodom infected lot. I'm going to tell you, I'm seeing today, instead of righteous lot affecting Sodom, I'm seeing Sodom infecting lot. And I thought of this, Brother Rachel. This really gets a hold of me. He was an elder that sit in the gate 
you know what he was in charge of? He was in charge of a city full of sin. He ruled the city of sodomy. God made him something righteous, but he wound up an elder over a city full of sin. He made judgment between sin, between this man's sin and this man's sin. And I'll guarantee you, if you knew the story, he was a conniver. He was padding his pocket. He did favors because you can't get in all that wickedness and be righteous. Somebody said, well, you ought to read the back of the book, Brother Elder. It said that it vexed his soul daily. I wonder why it vexed his soul. It sure didn't vex his soul because he wanted to move because God and his angels couldn't even get him out of there. Had to drive him out of there. Hallelujah. Why are you saying that, Brother Elder? I'm saying that for this. God is looking for some intercessors. We got backslidden kids around here needs to be saved. But I'll tell you one thing, until their mom and dads become intercessors, I don't know how they're going to get that way. Oh, Brother Elder, you ought to do it. I'm trying to help you. Amen. But don't let nobody kid you. I got some problems I got to take care of too. Amen. And I'm going to tell you what. Nobody loves your kids like you do. Did you hear what I said? Nobody loves your kids like you do. I was talking to Brother Hamby on the phone this evening, and he said, boy, Brother Elder, and grandchildren are great. He said, they're great, Brother Elder. He's telling me Renee had a little boy in September, and Brother Russell's, I seen his grandchildren, went down there at General Conference, and and brother and sister Russell Hamby's got some beautiful little children now. They didn't have none when they preached revivals for us, but they got some beautiful little ones now. Amen. And one, one, that little boy is just as mean as brother Russell ever was. Hallelujah. Sister Hamby said, boy, I got my hands full with this kid. I said, ain't no wonder. Look what you got to help you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Oh, yeah, I done lived long enough to find out you're going to raise exactly what you are. I'm not saying he's a sinner and he's bad and all that stuff. Amen. You just do it, Brother Rachel. That's the way God's got us straightening you out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Now I'm going to tell you something tonight. I'm fixing to get out of this pulpit. 
God's looking for some intercessors. You can look around and all this stuff I preach tonight. You can suck your head and feet in like a turtle. I was walking up over a hill today and there's a little old land turtle. He's right at my feet. I nearly stepped on him. I seen something moving in the grass and I nearly stepped on him. And he sucked his little old head and feet in. I thought, well, you crazy thing. I could pick you up and bounce you off the ground. And Brother Butch probably would have if he'd have been there. Old Brother Gary stuck some crawfish in a bucket of water and stuck them in my truck. And I didn't even know this air. One day, I smelled something. I started looking around. I look in there and there's them croft. No, it was a turtle. It was a turtle you guys stuck in there. I don't know how many weeks that turtle's been in that bucket in there. Hallelujah. Bounce him around, kick him, throw him up in the air, throw him out in the pond done anything I wanted to with that crazy little turtle. He wasn't safe. You can suck your head and feet in all you want to. You're not safe. You better get prayed up. You better get so strong you can intercede for something else to be saved. Not just maintaining yourself not just maintaining your salvation, but reaching out to a lost and a dying world in Sodom and Gomorrah. God said to Isaiah, I don't have time tonight to read it all to you. In the, in the sixth chapter, he said, I'm gonna... I'm going to straighten this country out. I, I preach to them through you prophets. And they won't hear me. I might just read it because I don't want to say it like it's not. But I want you to know God said, I, I, I'm going to tear this bunch up. Now I'm going to tell you something tonight, church. God's going to tear this bunch up. Praise God. Every evil thing you never imagined is coming. And God said, make the heart of this people fat. And make their ears heavy and shut their eyes lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart. And, and I, I'm worried about a lot of folks tonight. They've been in Pentecost so long their, their heart's fat. Some preachers call them fat cats sitting on a pew. They've been fed so good. Whew. Fed what, Brother Elder? Spiritual groceries. My God, some of you look like I hit you with a lemon pie. Amen. Come on now. 
make your ears heavy that get dull here. You know what you call this? He said that they're spiritually unconscious. Their conscience is seared. Hidden, having ears they don't hear, having eyes they don't see. God said, I'm going to make them fat, and I'm going to make their ears heavy, and their eyes they won't be able to see or hear with their ears or understand with their heart. When the preacher preached, they think he's a joke. They don't think they're hearing from God. I'll believe the Bible, but I ain't listening to no man. They don't believe there's such a thing today as anointed spoken word of God. God sent his prophets today just to entertain them. Just to kind of entertain them along till he gets here and gets them out of their shell. I'm sorry if you want to hear the other kind of preaching you better go back to another revival because I'm pastor tonight and I'm not trying to please nobody I'm trying to feed you and get you where you belong at hallelujah how many of you really want revival then learn to be an intercessor Get in these altars and cry. Get in these altars and pray. I looked at somebody in the congregation while revival's going on. I said, yeah, God wants to do a lot of beautiful things in that individual's life, but they won't pray. And I looked at them and I said, they might die and never learn how to pray and never get the victory God wanted to give them. Some people die without the victory. Others just give up and lose hope. Another says, no, I'm going to have it. God gave it to me and I'm going to have it. I'll pray and fast till I get it. Hello. How many of you want me to preach tonight? Well, it's getting late. My, my, it's 9.24. Just think, if we wasn't here, you'd be getting ready for the next game and another bag of popcorn. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 God said, I, I'm looking for somebody that'll pray. You know, you can't just look at this mess and say, well, I've got to hang on now till Jesus comes. And the Lord said, have removed men far away and there be a great forsaken in the midst of the land. I'm telling you what, Brother Rashi, I've never seen so many people forsake the truth in all my life. I've never seen it. In all the years I've all the years I've been let me tell you something you grow weary in this thing trying to live for God and trying to have everything to Solomon said this thing vexed my soul amen 
you know I haven't preached on it yet God made Solomon a byword and a proverb this thing got so wearisome with him it just vexed his soul and he died with the saddest testimony man ever gave he said other men's vineyard have I kept other men's vineyard I kept but I didn't keep mine you better get to working in your own vineyard so it will produce you know what God said when he looked at Israel he said Israel you're an empty vine you're an empty vine Israel I made you great I made walls of Jericho fall on the ground I made the Red Sea fly wide open and destroyed a whole Egyptian army in it Israel I want you to know I perform miracles in you that nobody in the world ever seen I did all of this to turn the heathens toward me and all you ever did was run to serve their gods. He said, I'm going to tell you something, Israel. All you are is an empty vine. Hello? 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 How many of you want to put something on the vine? You want fruit on the vine. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isaiah looked at all this stuff. You know what he said? He said, I'm going to fast and pray. So, well, Brother Elder didn't see in this last revival what I wanted to see what are you going to do about it sit around belly aching moan and groan come on said, no I'm going back to fasting and prayer and I'm going to fast harder you know why we had some people that didn't get saved I'll tell you why we had some people didn't get saved how many of you want to know why we had some people didn't get saved because brother Rachel got strong on that repentance and a lot of them people didn't want to forsake their wicked ways, so they just quit coming. And somebody said, well, they just need to go to hell. They know they don't. They need somebody that will fast and pray and break the bonds of wickedness off of them. How many of you glad somebody prayed for you? I'm going to tell you, I had a mama praying for me. It used to haunt me, Tom, to go down and see mama when you and I was carrying on like idiots. My dad was the biggest mess you ever seen. I wished, I wished he was still like that. My brother and I was smoking one time, and we tried to be respectful. We didn't try to smoke in front of the preacher and, and in front of dad and mom. And 
I don't know whether you had a kid in the hospital or what was going on, but you and I was at the hospital for some reason. And we seen Dad and Brother Barker coming up, coming up the aisle like two blooming idiots. Boy, we grabbed them cigarettes up and held them back here, cupped them up in our hands behind our back. Probably looked like a smokestack. Probably looked like the wastebasket was on fire behind us. Hallelujah. And there we stood. You remember that? There we stood talking to them, praise God. And they just kept talking to us and just kept talking to us and just kept talking to us. And <laughs> Finally, we had to pull that thing out and do something with it. Burning our hands off. Oh, I hated to see my mama. I knew she was praying. She wasn't saying much, but she was sure praying bunches. She was praying on my wife, too. And my wife went down to the altar and prayed through and come home. And some of you say, well, you know what to do around here? Well, I don't believe I'll come back to church because when I went home, told my husband he's so mad he beat me up. I, I don't believe I can live for God like that. My wife come home, told me she prayed to us so mad. Oh, it's quiet in here. The night I went down to that altar to pray through, I didn't go down to pray through. I went down to that altar to get a hold of her and drag her out of that office and slap my altar and slap her around, straighten her out. So. But something got a hold of me on the way down to the altar. There was a young boy praying for me. There was a mama praying for me. I want to tell you something I was so mean to slap you around didn't bother me a bit. I told my wife when to jump and I meant now. And I told my little kids, if you don't jump now, I'll beat the arms and legs off of you. And I tried to, didn't I, Marsha? Little old Jeffy and Marsha took a lot of lickings they shouldn't even have got. I used to beat the pants off of them because they said, ah. And I wasn't in the mood to hear them say, ah. Hallelujah, God. I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord, for your mighty acts. I praise you, Lord, for your mighty word tonight. I praise you, Lord, for your strength and glory. I praise you, Lord, because you're King of kings and Lord of lords. 
Oh, God, help us to come out of our shells. Lord, and attack the devil. And attack the world. Reach out, oh, God, and get our share. Hallelujah, God. Of this city, Lord, that you want us to reach. My God, I worship thy name and praise thee. Thou art our God. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Oh, Lord, you're real. God, you're mighty. God, you're holy. Oh, God, you're great and powerful. Hallelujah. Lord, to the pulling.